Well, I'd like to draw your attention to this interchange between Christ and the Pharisees. And it takes a little bit of a background knowledge to understand what he's saying. He's actually, Jesus is quoting the Old Testament, and he's quoting it Psalm 82. And he says, is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? So what is what is he speaking about here? I said that you are gods. So kind of a puzzling phrase. Um, not very well known amongst Catholics, but it is part of our tradition to speak about the grace of God that's given through baptism as uh, the power of God for us that actually deifies us. So within our tradition, it's legitimate to actually use the phrase deification and to talk about how grace actually uh, makes us gods. Okay, it's kind of shocking. I think probably most people are not aware of that. But it is part of our tradition. You can open up even our current catechism. There's a few paragraphs on this section. It's just another way of speaking about uh, God's grace being defined, as we read in uh, the epistle of Peter, one of the epistles of Peter, it's participation in the divine nature. Grace is a participation in the divine nature. And so, to that extent, it's legitimate to call someone who's in God's grace a god. And we're actually called, then, to be gods in that, in that specific sense, the sense in which we participate in God's own nature, being made like to him as sons, as daughters of God. And this also, the same language, though, can be found in the mouth of the devil back in Genesis chapter 2, when the serpent says to Eve, he says, Oh, God knows that when you eat of the fruit of this tree, your eyes will be opened and you will be like gods, knowing good and evil. And the Lord doesn't want that. He doesn't want you to have that kind of power. He's holding something back from you. He doesn't have your best interest in mind and he wants to limit your freedom and your autonomy and your happiness. And he doesn't want that kind of power and glory for you. But if you just follow my advice and participate, you know, take partake of the tree, you're going to be as gods. So it's very interesting because the devil tempts us to stray from the path, the true path. Uh, there's this kind of temptation to be as a god. But then at the same time, Jesus says that this is a legitimate calling, that there is a vocation. God has called us to be gods. All right, so there's two ways in which we can be gods. There's a false way, the satanic way, and then there's the true way. The true way acknowledges that God's word is true. It believes that word, and it follows that path, not of sight, but of faith, and it receives this divine power that likens us to the divine nature and makes us participators in the divine nature. And it elevates us to a supernatural plane of existence and action. That's the, that's the true way of being a God. The false way of being a God is to be totally independent of God, to be autonomous, not to trust that what he says is in our best interests. And how many people today have fallen for that same 
that same satanic temptation. I don't, I don't trust what the Bible says. I don't trust what the church says. Church is trying to, the church's teaching is trying to limit my happiness, my freedom. I don't believe that. That's garbage. It usually has to do with moral issues, right? But the true path of deification is obedience to the Word of God, is knowing that God has our best interests in mind, and He knows us and ourselves better than we know ourselves. And in faith, we believe His Word, and we follow Him, and we have a glorious, incredibly happy vocation to be God's. How many people are willing to settle for a total mediocrity, a mediocre Christianity, when we're actually called to be God's? Our vocation is so great, and it's so glorious, but it's not fulfilled by walking down the path of thinking for ourselves and ignoring God's word and ignoring the teaching of the church. It's found and it's fulfilled through faith and through obedience to his word.